everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am, for the 30th time, Brandon, and we are still here with Paul. Yo, what's up, people? Yo, yo, let's get it. Uh, last episode of the season, I kind of decided to finish it up. Uh, let's see how it goes. And Dan, you're around here somewhere, I think? Uh, I, I believe I'm here, but I'm not quite sure. But let's do it anyway. Right yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go on through. Uh, because we are covering the last episode of Season 1, which would be Episode 29, called Operation Annihilate. Paramount Plus has the original air date listed as April 12th, 1967. All other sources say it was April 13th, so I don't know who's right. <laughs> I went back and checked, and they've been wrong for like five episodes, I think. And uh, I watched wrong Operation because I watched Operation Dumble Drop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're... You're going to have a, a rough time oh with this one, then. <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> movie. Oh, my God. Drop. Wow. You reference <laughs> I, I the, the craziest about things that. sometimes, guy. I forgot about that movie, too. Uh, now, now I'm pissed that you made me remember it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, once again, I am without English subtitles for this episode. I don't, I don't fucking Seriously? know why. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's really stupid. Man. But it starts, as they almost all do, with the Enterprise moving through space. And uh, Uhura's just letting Kirk know that she has not had any luck contacting uh, the planet Deneva. And so Kirk tells her to just try a, a... He's like, gives her some specific transmitter numbers. And she's like, well, this is a private transmission. And he's like, sure this fuck is. Give it a shot. So basically, they're making like a private phone call with their ship. Yeah. Star, star 67. Yeah. Yep. Get a caller 1-800-COLLECT, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Days. And then they're, after that, they're going to dial the uh, 1-900-909-9900, which is the number that Mean Gene always told me to call the WCW hotline and see what's wow. going on in the wrestling world. 1-900-909-9900. How old are we again? <laughs> uh, so Kirk goes over and he asks Spock, he's like, hey, why do you think we can't contact this planet or anything? And Spock just starts talking about a really weird thing. Like, apparently there was this mass insanity event that wiped out a string of planets and Deneva was next in line. And apparently they knew this whole thing was going on and just, like, they're just now talking about it. Yeah, or <laughs> just, just now getting into get it or whatever. Like, or maybe Spock is the one, ju- maybe Spock just noticed that, like, oh, this has been going on by different civilization. But here's my issue, a question about this. Okay, so I'm looking at the star chart right now. Are they completely that many light years away from each other, all these planets, or they're all in the same solar system? See, if there's all, if there's like a different different galaxy far away, maybe they don't know. And maybe they're just not finding out. I don't remember if they said it was different systems. When they were going over the timeline, it went from like 200 to like, what, 50 to 15 years to like, hey, it's going to yeah. happen within the next five minutes. Yeah, they're talking about how many years apart it is, so I'm assuming that... You know, two year, 20 years from now, they will forget history and then something going on. So maybe they started putting pieces together after all this time. Something's going on, I'm assuming. Right. That's, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah, maybe like they're just looking at the reports and he's just starting to, to piece that together. Yeah, and I couldn't tell if they were sent there or if they just uh, Spock figured it out so that he went uh, some strange so they go there. I didn't really get that in the whole episode. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I don't. Well, no, I don't think they ever said specifically why they were going. They were just. We just found out they were going, and they couldn't oh, okay. get a hold of them. Yeah, so see, yeah, I don't I, think they ever said. Yeah, I never watched it again to figure it out. I thought it was kind of. I was like, are they there because Spock discovered something, or are they there because somebody asked for help? Yeah, I think they're they're just just fucking. Maybe they happen to be in the neighborhood or something. I don't know. Yeah. But McCoy is there, and he states that there's no medical or scientific cause for what happened on those planets that had the massive insanity event, and that. Uh, 
Kirk is like, well, you know, there's obviously at least a, a definite pattern there. They got a hold of Scotty's acid. Yeah, everybody just <laughs> that shit lasts for like 15 years. <laughs> just have like a 15 year trip. <laughs> Going insane. Yeah. And uh, so Sulu uh, pipes up and he informs them that he's picking up a ship that's headed directly into the sun. And so Kirk is like, well, fuck, we got to go stop that. And so he uh, orders them to intercept it at warp factor eight and try to stop it from burning up in the sun. And uh, he tells Uhura to try to contact it. So Spock uh, takes a look and he says that the ship is just a one man vessel and that it doesn't seem to be out of control. It really seems to be just kind of beelining it for the sun. And Kirk wants Scotty to use a tractor beam to try to stop it, but it's out of range. And then Uhura actually manages to get a hold of the ship. And uh, Kirk talks to him and asks if they can reverse course to not run into the sun, but they, they don't get an answer back. He's like, just turn slightly to the right. You'll miss the sun completely. Yeah, just just a, just a listing lazily. I guess that would be to the right, not to the left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he doesn't know the maneuvers. That's the issue. He, he doesn't, doesn't know some maneuvers. He doesn't know some maneuvers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, that guy's got skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they're just watching on their screen, and the ship just continues continues to fly towards the sun as uh, Spock gives the readings for their own outer hull. He's like, hey, it's getting a little hot in here. And, uh, you know, it's getting increasingly hotter in here. Yeah, I, I like that, uh, by the way, um, when Spock um, was doing that, as they get closer and closer, it kind of keeps you engaged. Like, hey, the closer closer we get, the inf- so you get the information. Like, oh, closer and closer, the hotter, hotter it gets. So, like, we can't save this guy, and, we, and you kind of can see why. Right. Yeah, I, I like that all the information they give you. I thought it was really cool. I just, once again, I feel bad for, like, the lower deck people because they're just, you know, chilling. They're like, hey. Is it getting hotter in here? Like, what's what's the deal? <laughs> they, they just like start yeah, cooking no in the what's ship. going on. I still yeah. watched that. Uh, I still watched that uh, show. Yeah, I need to watch it. I know. Oh yeah, yes, you do. Yep. I believe season three is about to come out. For that, by the way. Well, it might be past tense when this comes out, but right. for you, Paul, it, season three yeah. is coming up. Yeah, yeah, I know. I for to. for us in the current time, yeah, it's coming yeah. up pretty soon. So yeah, uh, while they're watching on their screen, they hear the pilot of the other ship actually communicate, and he just talks about how he's finally free, uh, but then he burns up into the sun, so he wasn't free for very long. I guess he's free eternally now, though, I guess. <laughs> free is free. He's crispy. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's extra free. So uh, yeah, so, so Kirk just orders them like, hey, we need to get the ship out of here before we burn up, and then they decide to head to Deneva. And while they do that, uh, Kirk is just wondering, like, why the fuck did that happen? Like, we've seen a lot of weird shit, and that was just really weird. And McCoy thinks that it's possible that the insanity has finally reached Deneva. So uh, Uhura announces that she is still trying to get a hold of Deneva, and she can't. And Kirk's like, yeah, it's cool, you know, just keep doing your thing. Which is really all that she gets to do this in this entire season, or this this whole series Make so far. Calls. Yeah, try to call people, can't get through, okay, keep trying. Like, that's just, that's her whole fucking role. No, actually, she was on the planet for that one episode. Yeah, I, one, I, one I, episode, I yeah. Yeah, one episode, she's on the planet to help out. Yeah, and he's just like, keep trying to call. Um, <laughs> so McCoy approaches Kirk, and he's like, hey, isn't your brother Sam and his family, like, aren't they still on Deneva? And then we get that kind of like, dun, 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 and we get the, the show opening. Yeah. And I was hoping, I put, I put family drama down yeah. on my thing, hoping it'd, it'd be family drama. Right. Uh, which I, I I always pictured Kirk as an only child. He has, like, that only child attitude, I feel like. Oh, but. no, I think he has the big brother attitude of where I'm going to figure it all out. I'm in, I got you no matter what. 
Did they ever say if he was the older or younger brother? I'm not sure. No, but I, I, maybe. I, thought, I, I think they I referenced his older. brother before in like one of their earlier episodes. Did they? You might be right. Maybe I just forgot. It's It's been not like sure. nine months of recording this, so <laughs> I have, I have <laughs> <Yeah>. forgotten <laughs> quite a bit. I'm not sure, but Kurt seems like an older brother. He don't seem like a little brother. Yeah, like he don't have a he don't have a little brother attitude. So I feel like he he'll be a big brother. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He does it. Yeah. Well, you know what, Kirk doesn't have that his brother has a wife. Oh, and kid. Wife, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say a mustache. Oh, mustache. Well, that's okay, yeah. That's the first yeah, thing that I was too. gonna say immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't a get the uh, the facial Kirk, hair jeans. Come on, Kirk probably has a whole litter of kids across the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, <laughs> well, actually, point. to be fair, Sam doesn't have a wife and kids anymore either, but. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, 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 oh my god! Okay, I didn't say that to clarify. <laughs> uh, but I did notice though during the uh, the show opening because they whenever they play or they put the uh, the title of the episode on screen, if you have subtitles on, they also if you have uh, subtitles of a different language on, they put the title of the episode up there as well. And this one in Germany was called Spock Out of Control. So it's a slightly different oh. title than Operation Annihilate. Oh, okay. So you've been using different language uh, subtitles in? Well, yeah, because they didn't have the fucking English one. So and I got to try to pick out, like, planet and people names and shit. Oh, okay. I, I guess Are I could have just Googled it. But, yeah, it's it's actually, you know what? Uh, I saw that, and it's close enough that I immediately went, oh, that means Spock out of, or like, something similar to, like, Spock out of control. And uh, I looked oh, it up, okay. and yeah, yeah, I was right. So it was it was similar enough, but there are I'm sure there are a million German words I would not understand. So yeah, uh, we come back to uh, Captain's log, and he's just talking about the mass insanity event, and Spock and Scotty are telling Kirk about how Deneva was originally a freighting line planet that takes supplies to an asteroid belt for miners, and uh, Spock says that that planet has hadn't had any uh, Federation contact for over a year. So Uhura finally gets in contact with somebody and they hear just a woman asking for help over the intercom and uh, Kirk knows her as a Relin, which is a weird ass name. Like they could have just called her like Kim or something. Laura. <laughs> yeah, I guess a Relin <laughs> like, works. Well, even you heard as a weird name, this this whole uh, show is that they want to pe- give people like real original names. Like Spock yeah. is a weird name, Uhura. I mean, all the names on here are really kind of original so i'm assuming there there's nobody named this now unless they named their name after the show yeah literally well they can't let you forget that not only is it in space but it's also in the future so apparently in the future they have strange names yeah just weird ass names like apple yeah you think Espen, you think that when <laughs> uh, when Arillan went to school that there were like six other Arillans because that was just the the name at the time <laughs> the name <laughs> Like me being Paul, thirty five Pauls, and back then, like, oh look, a Relin. No, not yeah. you, the other one. Yeah, and I've, and I've only ever met one. one person in my life named Dan, so that's not a common name at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be the only one. Yeah, there you go, one of one. Yeah, so so Kirk knows her as a Relin, and he tries to get her to repeat her message, uh, but they end up losing contact. And Uhura apologizes, and then Kirk just fucking snaps at her, and he's like, well, I'm not interested in your excuses. Like, you need to get contact back immediately. And she's like, look, motherfucker, I can't, because (laughs) they stopped broadcasting a signal. I I, I like that she pushed back. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because Kirk was being, uh, you know, straight when I I couldn't even understand. Like, he just, he got real mad for no reason. Yeah, he was pissed. Uh, But good for her for sticking up for herself. Like, look, she... 
she's like she hung up on me like fucking ripped her phone cord out of the wall so i can't get a hold of her like what do you want that's funny yeah so mccoy asks kirk uh, if he knew who the woman was and kirk confirms that uh his brother and family are, are actually on the planet and that the woman that they heard sounded like his brother's wife and then we just we go to a little bit later where Kirk and McCoy and Scotty and a couple other people are getting ready to beam down to the planet. And uh, Spock comes into the transport room and tells Kirk, hey, Uhuru still can't get in contact with anybody. He's like, you want me to smack her around a little bit? And uh, <laughs> he says that his sensors show that there are humans on the planet, but they are strangely quiet. So Spock joins the group and then they they beam down to the uh, the planet. Uh, right here, though, I did. This is the first time I noticed what a yeoman's job is. Actually, all the episodes we watched, I always made like jokes about yeoman, but they're literally like a court stenographer. They're literally there to record the the mission, uh, like what's going on during the mission. Right. So they, they almost do like a captain's log while they're doing it. Yeah. I I kind of didn't notice that, and it's still only a female job, by the way. Only females, attractive females, too, at that. Well, I just haven't seen, it's just. I've just felt it's things. really weird that like it makes sense that you need somebody there recording that stuff, but yeah. they like literally anybody can carry that fucking recording device. Do you need like a non-combat person to go into a potentially hostile area with you? Yes, that's one of my uh, that's one of my general questions about it. I just now that I'm watching Yomi more and more, I'm starting to like what, what they do. Literally, she sits and records everything going on, and that's kind of it. I don't know. I, I guess it I, maybe it was to. Maybe it was a show thing. They thought about maybe this is like diversity. They thought, okay, well, we got to have a female on the team somewhere. We can't yeah. have all men. Let's just come up with a female well, she, job. Oh, female job. Oh, secretary. Wait a minute. Uh, they Oh, secretary next? Oh, you know, like they kind of just... Because even though like the show is amazing and it's very um like uh wide and like uh very inviting for different races and different inclusion, things like that, at the same time, there it does fit a lot of stereotypes in a way on accident because of the times. Right. Yep. So, so maybe that's why we're never going to see a, a female captain probably in the show ever. There's no way. You know, well, it's she, very rare to the, see a female in charge. Situation. I, the I don't human think also kind of takes so. care of Kirk also. Like we've seen her, you know, bring him food or coffee or like, hey, you need to you need to go to your room to get some sleep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, kind of like it's, an it's, it's almost like a personal assistant plus yeah. secretary plus a recorder plus like. All the all the love interest. my language, you know, the bitch bitch work pretty much <laughs> love, of the yeah. whole <laughs> literally. So Yeah, yeah, no, you're well I'm you're glad exactly to see Kirk right. has jumped from blondes to brunette finally. Yeah, he diversifies, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> he like everybody. It's Kirk. Come on now. Yeah. Uh the one thing that I noticed though was that when they do beam down to the planet, we get this shot of like the transporter console. And I I, have, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but I fucking love the set pieces in this show because there's so many like lights and switches and like all these buttons and shit and not one bit yeah. of it is static like it doesn't feel like it's a set piece it all feels like all of that does something so like i don't think i've given enough praise to the people that designed the set and like built that because for for something being in the 60s like you i bet you could probably walk onto those set pieces today and still think like god damn those are really nice yes that's one of the things that's one of my season when i wrap up the season we do a season to wrap up i'll talk about a lot okay yeah. So, so yeah, they beam down to the planet and they notice, hey, ain't nobody down here. And uh, Kirk notes that they're, the planet's got like a million something people on it. And there are 100,000 people at least in the, the city that they're in. And he just wants to know where the fuck everybody is. And Spock says that they are all in the, the surrounding buildings. And so Kirk points to one of the buildings. So he, he 
pretty sure his brother either lives or works there. He doesn't say. He's just like, yeah, my brother's there. And uh, they start to head in that direction. But then this group of uh, dudes with batons and different colored jumpsuits just start running at them and yelling shit. And they're just like, hey, get out of here. We, we don't want to hurt you. Get, get the fuck out of here. And uh, <laughs> But we're going to beat so, you up if you don't leave. Yeah. And, uh, and so like they just start running directly at Kirk and his crew. And Kirk's like, fuck this. Fire. And they just sh- they shoot them and just <laughs> absolutely fuck them up. Like, just, just drop those dudes, which was uh, hilarious to see. So after that, uh, Spock notes, he's like, man, their attitude was really inconsistent with their actions. Like they were telling us to leave and that they don't say they don't want to hurt us. And then they're just fucking chasing us with pipes. And again, we come back to Jet Li in the one where he's beating up that cop in the hallway. And he's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. He's just beating the fuck out of him. <laughs> I love that hurts me more than it does you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then he like bends the shotgun and throws it at the pop machine. Uh, but, uh, so Bones just starts, uh, scanning the, the people with a scanner and he notes that even in their unconscious state, they're still being violently stimulated and then they hear a woman scream. So they're like, all right, let's, let's go over there. And they start running in the direction that the scream came from and they enter. Shatner does this terrible run, by the way. I hate his run so much. Oh my God. Yeah. It looks so terrible running. Yeah, they got to fix that. Hopefully season two and three, his run looks a little more authentic. Like he looks like he's, I don't know. It just, it looks, it looks a little awkward. Awkward. That's all it is. Everybody else looks fine. He looks awkward running. Yeah. Kirk, uh, Kirk, not a big runner. He has other people run for him. <laughs> he's like, I feel point. like, I feel like going for a run. Mr. Sulu do five laps. So yeah, they, they, they he enter a room. Like day. Yeah. I mean, oh God, we all do fuck like day. But they enter a room where two people are laying unconscious or presumably unconscious on the floor. And uh, Kirk finds his sister-in-law, Arellen, is screaming about uh, just people like just being in there and like a, a general there. And Kirk's like, well, fuck this. And he just gives her a shot and renders her unconscious. And so uh, Bones and Kirk talk about the, the people on the floor or Bones asks Kirk about the people on the floor. And, and Kirk's like, yep, that one's my brother. He's Sam. And he's he's fucking dead. So, <laughs> and this is when I first got pissed off with the whole episode. What uh, a waste of a a character! Yeah, like, like like why bring his brother without using him for something? Right, because yeah. like you, you could have used this character to really do something and make and even make the, his death even more pack his death more impactful or something like that. Like you kind of just do because because like this could have been anybody. It could have been just came to a planet, and it could be anybody on the planet. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was his brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no connection yeah, to I, him at I all. I agree with that. Yeah, no connection to him at all. Yeah, so I'm like, why would you even mention it was his brother? Like you could have made it anybody, and then it, it had the same impact that it has now. I would have saved his brother's death for something else, or I would have put it in the episode and you know have his brother try to kill him something, and, hit, and then he had to try to had to, to kill his brother or something, or had to stop him or some kind of interaction, so I can see something about their brotherhood. I know nothing about the brother, so I don't even care about this guy that's dead yet. Yeah, and that's the right. thing. I, I, thought been all, I thought it'd been more imp- impactful if they would have established like a past continuity with his, yeah, you know, yeah, his brother. Yeah, yeah, no childhood like, story, no, no memory, no story to even tell Spock about them growing up. You know, like I got nothing for this relationship, so I felt like it was really wasted in this episode, and it just it's a waste of a character. I mean, the episode itself is something else, but I mean, this particular point of it, I think it's really a waste of a a character that you could really use to develop current and uh relationship with brother in a better way yeah like a, a agreed one or two minute conversation between kirk and sam would have 
it, yeah. it could have potentially had so much character building for Kirk, like to let you see while, a side that we yep. haven't seen. And yeah, while, while he's in pain or whatever, or they could have just made it made if they're going to keep the woman alive, they should have made that the sister, right? And then made, made his real sister instead of sister in law. Because even though people people want to say this in, out in the world, whatever, but in law impact is way different than actual blood a lot of times, right? Yeah. So, so, so he he's he's caring for it the whole episode, but I'm not feeling that kind of connection when, when you know when he's trying to talk to her or whatever. So I feel like if it's the actual sister, maybe it'd have been like something better too. So I don't know. I'm, I know going a small rant here in the middle of it, but I just well, think this. Well, kind no, of you're a, you're 100 correct. Yeah, you're dead a, a, on. A waste that. of uh, yeah, a waste of that. Well, he, he just, he, that's a much better way to do it. Even the nephew feels wasted yeah. in the scene, also. Right. Well, yeah, like, but, like I know yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Paul. Like the whole yeah. the, like. His brother, his wife, and his nephew just—they don't have that impact that they should. Well, have. a lot of times he refers to his uh, his his nephew as his brother's son instead of nephew too. Yeah, he's like fuck that kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he does. He go talk. <laughs> yeah, he, he said my brother's son like multiple times. I'm thinking, dude, that's your nephew. Like, yeah, like because the, even the term nephew itself implies he's mine. Like yeah. brother's son implies it's, it's something else. So like even though even the words they used in here was like non. Like non by like oh that's my nephew like I didn't feel like he even care about this kid like that, you know so like even though even even not saying call somebody like oh that's my brother's son oh that's my nephew that matters too yeah oh, about, oh that's my cousin like those little small things whatever matter and I feel like this whole part right here they wasted opportunity to make some kind of connection that felt like he cares there was no there's no really caring here so no oh, small well, Kirk go ahead but you know go ahead folks. no even with like Kirk's reaction to it seemed kind of like cold or almost uncaring that you know his brother just died yeah not, not, not a moment of a like like that's not not a, not a tear not a moment of just give me a moment you know a, a scream or something and be fine like something that yeah, lets it, you know that he's hurting inside something yeah like if he would have like thrown something or just like obviously he wouldn't swear but you know like oh yeah. fuck you know like punch a wall man, it, it some kind of something something for a split second but okay he's hurt but he's bottling in he knows what he needs to do I didn't feel that so right yeah, well, it's because none of them are his ship, so he don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> <laughs> he he's so used to people dying, like oh, it's just another day. Yep, yep, just 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 another corpse with a good mustache. With a good mustache. So, but yeah, as we talked about, uh, his his the other person unconscious on the floor is Peter, his uh, his brother's son, and uh, Spock tries to console Kirk for a second. But Kirk just wonders about the they that Aurelian was yelling about. He's like, yeah, no, it's cool. I don't give a fuck. I've wanted him dead since the day I was born. <laughs> He's like, there's a mystery going on, and that's all I care about. Yep, that's that's it. And Spock points out the the vent on the wall that Aurelian was hanging out by and, and how it's covered up. And he says that they were obviously trying to keep something from getting in, but that they weren't successful. And it's like, yeah, no shit. The, the corpse on the floor will tell you that much. <laughs> like, obviously they weren't successful. I'm, I, don't need that. I don't need that line, sir. Yeah. And uh, Kirk says that their sensors didn't pick up any harmful life forms, and Spock confirms that, nope, yep. And he says he is at a loss to understand what's going on, which is happening to him more and more lately. As, as we get further and further out in space, the, law, the laws of physics and things like that aren't applying, so... His intelligence is getting yeah, his way he, of thinking is getting wavered. He's still just reeling from that rock calling him fucking dumb. He just he never recovered from that. <laughs> <laughs> you insignificant fool. <laughs> McCoy approaches and says that he's ready to beam everybody up and that he wants Kirk on board when Arellan uh, regains consciousness. And so Kirk leaves Spock in charge and prepares to beam up. 
And then we cut to a little bit later on the Enterprise where McCoy is talking to Kirk about how Peter and Arellan are in extreme pain. And uh, he managed to tranquilize Peter, but Arellan is proving to be resistant to the tranquilizer that he used. So Kirk is like, now is a perfect time to go and talk to her. And he goes and tells her, he's like, oh, hey, uh, my brother's dead, but Peter's still cool. And uh, he tries to get her to tell him what happened, which he's really fucking bad about that. Anytime anybody's had like an accident or is close to death, he just wants to go have a fucking conversation. Like he does not let anybody rest. Yeah. <laughs> like I need, I need everything. To tell me everything before you die. Yeah. And she just, she says that uh, horrible things were brought from visitors on a vessel from planet Ingram B8 several months, or B, not B8, Ingram B, eight months ago. Uh, punctuation matters. And she says that the things made the crew bring the ship and, like, the whatever, you know, life form made the people from Ingram B8 bring a ship to where they are now. And then she just starts to, like, scream out in pain and has all this issue and Kirk or McCoy comes and, and pumps her full of more drugs. And uh, he says that uh, whenever she starts to answer questions, it's like she's fighting to get the answers out. It's like something is exerting pain to stop her, which is pretty similar to the uh, neural neutralizer thing. Yep, mm. pretty much. So she says that uh, the things use pain to control them and that they're using them, they're using you know hum- humans to spread and that the uh, the creatures are forcing people to build ships for them, and then she just like screams out, and then she just fucking dies right there. Uh, I meant I immediately thought about uh, they all got venom symbiotes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought, thought about that too. Yeah, I thought oh, all oh, many got symbiotes. I thought oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like with two seconds, I was like oh yeah, symbiote. I was like oh man, oh damn. damn. No, it turns out it was just like uncooked chicken breast was all, was all that was. <laughs> <laughs> Which will also kind of kill you. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, but it, but I mean, at this point, at least, I was uh, really into this episode. I was like, fuck. Like, I, actually, I forgot I was watching Star Trek for a moment. Like, it was just a really good premise, really good scene. And, yeah. Uh, so, Kirk. Yeah, the whole, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm, 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 I'm in, at this point, I'm way into it. Yeah. Actually. So, so Kirk beams back down to the planet and Spock reports that they haven't seen anybody else. And, and so Kirk asks if they've seen any aliens or anything, but they haven't. And like, well, Spock's like, yeah, I've looked in the mirror. Like, I'm a fucking alien. Well, when, when they said aliens, the, uh, the xenomorphs from the alien movies popped in my head. Like, hopefully those aren't down there. Yeah. Just fuck. You know, that's a very they don't have good, Ridley Scott with them. Point. Haven't seen any aliens down there. Did he use the word alien? Is that what he said, too? Yeah. Yeah, they've been using aliens That's like the whole uh, Spock, episode. Spock is alien. I didn't even. I guess I, I guess Spock is so like part of the crew so much we don't realize he's uh, an alien sometimes. Well, fuck, none of that crew is from that planet. They're all aliens. Well, I, oh, that's a great point. Well, I think another point is: uh, Have we seen anybody? Random question: Have we seen anybody else on this uh, ship that's not uh, human? No, like, seen human one Vulcan. That's it, right? Well, we've seen everybody. I mean, everybody looks like they're human. So um, I guess like. Maybe one of them could be not human. They just look like a human, but no, like they they have know. not. Yeah, we haven't seen anybody that's not obviously not human. Yeah, I'm hoping they do that in the future. I know, I know other, I know other shows are they kind of have a lot more diversity or diversity. You know, when, when it yeah. comes to like different planets or whatever. I'm just curious if they ever did that in the show. That'd be cool. Yeah. Although God, I, I imagine like if they had to 
put them in a fucking suit, it would probably be terrible because their suits have been like their, their creature suits have been. <laughs> yeah, bad. but they're awesome though. I, I love see I, random rant. I love terrible CGI. I love terrible movies, and when they do that, that makes me laugh and makes me smile because I know how bad it is. Yeah, you just want to see the the burnt pizza monster crawling around the fucking enterprise. No, I want to see my negative zone that you hit <laughs> yeah. on so bad. More more my negative zone fights. Negative okay? filter spinning burnt pizza monster just fucking crawling around yes. the corridor. Oh my gosh, I will lose my mind. I'll have the best episode ever right there. Paul, your supervillain name will be from Spider-Man, Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative? Yep. Mr. Like Negative. It. Just throw a, a spin on there and you're good to go. I'm ready. Yeah, so uh, so Kirk or Spock says that they were just about to investigate a strange buzzing sound that they hear, and so they say, fuck this, and they set their phasers to kill, and they go towards the sound. Well, normally you don't want to go to, towards buzzing noises, because normally they're bees. Yeah, sp- and fucking, like, I bet space bees are terrible. Probably, like, the size oh, of absolutely. A, a, a Volkswagen. <laughs> Car. Oh, my. Yeah. I never even thought of it. We haven't seen space bugs yet. I don't think no. anything, really. Yeah. So, yeah, they enter a building, and they look around, and, and Kirk finds some uh, the creatures on the wall, and this was where I had my note, that they just, they look like uncooked chicken breasts. Like, that's all. That's all they look like. Oh, that's the rev- joke you were making a second ago. Yeah. Now I get it. I thought you were making reference because uh, Venom used to eat, was eating chicken breasts in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, there's that, too. Oh, okay. Now I see what you say. Now, now that you mention it, it doesn't look like that. I didn't even think about it actually until you just said that. Yeah, and then uh, the fucking surprise of my life. Uh, one of them starts flying. <laughs> it's just like wee. It just like fucking starts flying, <laughs> flying around, and, and so they they try to to shoot at it. And uh, I think it's Kirk hits one with a, a really like he's just fucking laying on the trigger of this thing. And uh, it falls on the floor, and they, they all just fly away. And I don't know why, but the sound this thing makes and, like, the visual of it flopping to the floor is just fucking hilarious to me. I don't know why. It's just, like, <laughs> just, like slaps on the floor. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's it, it's a terrible uh, prop creature. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's not great. I love it. Yep. Uh, so Spock goes over and he scans it, and uh, he says that not only should this thing have been destroyed, but it, it doesn't even register on his tricorder. And it's again, we, we kind of hit that thing where it's like no fucking shit. Like you haven't seen it before. Of course, it's not in your library of shit. Like, yeah, but yeah, but no. Yeah, but I think that you think. But it's oh, my God. I can't talk. Can't talk. Wow. So him not he's saying it's not written on his tricorder. Does not mean it's not in his library. Like That's two different things. Well, I thought the tricorder has access to all of the ship's uh Memory banks and the ship has access yeah, but to I like think, the but internet. I think the tricorder can't register it. Isn't like it can't even recognize it's even there. In oh, the first place. not that it, not that it can't see, know what it is. That makes much more sense. Okay. Yeah, the tricorder can't realize, realize it's even there at all. Okay. That yeah, that makes sense. I thought the tricorder was kind of like the Pokédex. No, I think the, so. The tricorder it, it, it registers whatever's there, and then it'll let you know what it is. But it, but it, but if it can't register what's there, it can't tell you what it is anyway. So, they, they, yeah, the tricorder itself can't recognize it. it something's even there to even register to even record. That's, I think that's what they're referring to. Yeah, I think that's mm. – yeah, I think you're right now that you uh, you mentioned it that way. Yeah, I, I looked at it as it's scanning it and can't find a reference for it in the database. But, no, it just can't find the thing at all. Like, it, like yeah, it's all. not there. Like, he's just scanning fucking yeah. air at that point. That makes more sense. So – yeah, so they talk about this thing for a minute, and uh, Spock is like, well, you know, it'd be a great idea if we took this uh, on the ship. And so Kirk just suddenly goes, you know what I think is that we've entered a trap here, and we should probably leave. So they turn to leave, and then the one that they shot gets up, and it flies and attaches itself to Spock's back. 
and he just starts fucking rolling around. Just he's like ah ah, just, just fucking rolling around. And uh, so Kirk just grabs it with his bare hands and, and rips it off of Spock's back. And then we we go to a commercial break. This is literally Nimoy's like one of his favorite his favorite acting jobs acting jobs in this episode uh, this episode for me of the whole season. By the way, I just I like everything he does in this episode. I just even when he acts in pain, even when he acts like he's fighting him, yeah. his own thoughts like. I think all of us really clever. Right? Oh yeah, he's he's solid. solid oh, he was definitely the star of the episode. Definitely, yeah. I really appreciate him this episode. Yep. So yeah, we come back from the commercial. We get a captain's log, explain the situation, and McCoy is examining a puncture wound on Spock's back aboard the Enterprise. So, like they actually have him, like he's on an operating table, and uh, Spock keeps waking up from the anesthetic, and McCoy thinks that something inside of him is fighting the anesthetic. So we actually we get to see uh, Nurse Chapel again, which is cool, and she points out that uh, Spock's readings are really weird, even for him. McCoy is just like, "All right, fuck this. We're gonna close this wound." And Nurse Chapel doesn't think that's a good idea, but McCoy gets a little pissy, and he's like, "Yeah, close this fucking thing, or find me somebody else who will." So she's like, "All right, shit. I guess we'll do that." Yeah, I just, yeah, I think it's not very often we see uh, Bones uh, aggressive like that, right? But I think because it was like, like only only Captain Kirk or Spock can question his me- medical decisions without him getting offended. Yeah, like if you're if you're not if you're not Kirk or Spock, and I'll tell you to do something, either do it or move on. Like you notice that I kind of noticed that about him. How when it, uh, and he like and at the same time like he'll he'll take their advice and jokingly say, "Yo, I don't need your advice because it's medical advice," but he'll still listen to their advice, right? And what they say. But everybody else, nah, he don't he don't care about that. Yeah, but here he's like, I'm the one looking in this guy's fucking spine. Like, you don't see what I see close as shit. <laughs> so we go a little bit later and we're on the bridge and McCoy just takes a, a jar to Kirk that contains a piece of living tissue that he removed from Spock's uh, spinal cord. And he says he removed the same thing from Arellan's body, but Peter is too weak for him to try. He's like, oh, I really want to cut that fucking kid up. But he's just, he's a little too weak. <laughs> wait, for him, wait for him to recover a little, and I'm going to get him under that knife. You're like, Kirk is the only family member that's still alive. You have to give the okay for me to operate yeah, on him. Yeah, he's, he's next of kin. And uh, he he tells Kirk that Spock's body is just full of these tentacles that he pulled out and that they're in uh entwining and and growing throughout his nervous system and he says that peter's body has the same thing in it and he explains that when the creature attacks it leaves a a stinger that takes over the victim very rapidly but the entwining is far too involved for conventional surgery to remove so basically like spock's just fucked at this point and uh kirk asks for a recommendation but mccoy says that he's he's stumped he doesn't know what to do here so we go back to the sick bay and Spock wakes up and just fucking storms off. He's like, well, I don't need to be in here. He fucking leaves. So, uh, <laughs> annoyed. Yeah. So, Nurse Chapel calls the bridge to tell them what's going on. And Kirk issues a security alert and orders them to use phasers on stun and restrain Spock if, uh, if necessary. And as he's giving this alert, Spock just fucking bursts into the room and just starts fucking tossing people around like they're nothing. Just, just throwing them across the bridge. Yeah. I'm enjoying every moment of it too. Oh, absolutely! I this is what I wanted to see is like Spock against just normal ass people, and he's just just fucking toss him. He's just like a robot, and he's uh, he's trying to take over the ship. They they like start to wrestle with him and try to hold him back, and he just about nerve pinches Kirk, but Nurse Chapel shows up with a tranquilizer, and they manage to subdue him for the time being. It only took like four or five of them to hold him down, but yeah, they got it done. Yeah, and he he was just like inches from from 
pinching Kirk's shoulder. I, I was a little worried that Bones was going to stab himself again. Though. Oh, yeah, just goes on another fucking drug trip. <laughs> he's, got, he's got that same <laughs> shit, just injects himself again. Wee. Travels through time. So, yeah, so they take him back to the sick bay and they restrain old Spock and McCoy shows Kirk a reading of Spock's uh, pain level, which is a really weird thing that they can measure in the future, apparently. And Spock wakes up and he says that his restraints and that the tranquilizer are no longer necessary. And he apologizes for trying to take over the ship. But he says that he's a Vulcan and that pain is a thing of the mind and the mind can be controlled. Which is an amazing quote by him once again. I, I, I can imagine uh, they, like they got monks out there that are able to hit drills on their head and get stabbed with stuff and not feel any pain. So like as he talks about these things, they all make... Uh, sense logically they're not like in, an insane th- idea so yeah I really, I really like it a lot yeah true but Kirk's counterpoint was pretty good also uh, about what about your human side yeah yeah so Kirk asks him about his human half and and Spock says that it's proving to be an inconvenience but it is manageable and he says that the creature is pressuring him and that it wants the ship but that he's resisting it so if he has like that Doc Oct moment, he's like, listen to me now. Listen to me. <laughs> oh, right. He's, Spock's just I, after I the, like the precious tritium. That's all he wants. <laughs> he wants the power of the sun in the palm of his the hand. The power of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Which, fuck, they used it. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, McCoy and uh, Kirk are talking about whether or not Spock can really control this thing that's taking over his body. And Kirk decides... Uh, not to take any chances, and he wants to keep Spock confined for a little while longer, which I think is the right play. I don't know, because uh, it's one of them things where, do I trust Spock? Yeah, I trust Spock. I'll let him go. Yeah, but like, what if it's just the creature controlling Spock to say, I hey, yeah, I got this thing under control? I, I, I think her made the right, uh, right decision. I just, I don't know what it is about Spock when it comes to uh, things of the mind. Uh, I trust him in that situation. Yeah, I mean, he's proven to be impervious to everything else. Because then, then a couple minutes later, he trusts him anyway. And about in about less than five minutes, he'll come back and go trust him in two seconds anyway. So five minutes later, you trust him more than you well, did five minutes ago? That don't make any sense to me. Why, why didn't they use heavier restraints on Spock knowing how strong he is? Yeah, no shit. They're like, break out the metal yeah. ones or something. Like, fuck it's it. like, right now you don't trust him. And in about five minutes, you're about to trust him because you can let him do his thing. So why, why what changed over the last five minutes? Right. And then they tied him down with Twizzlers on that bed, so just <laughs> yeah. got out of it so, anyway. So that, that's, an act, that's an act of trust, too. It's like, yeah, so it's like everything you did was, like, a kind of small trustworthy, but for the big thing, like, I don't really trust you. Like, right. it's a little weird. Yeah. So Kirk goes to leave the room, and uh, he asks if he asks McCoy if his uh, nephew is going to go through the same thing, and McCoy is just like, yep. And he reminds Kirk about the other colonists on the planet. He's like, look, I mean, I know like it sucks for your best friend and it sucks for your nephew, but you know, there are a million people down on that planet and uh, they, they need our help as well. And then they both leave and Spock is just over like in the bed trying to like fight for control of his, his body and his mind. And then he just breaks free of his restraints and just leaves. He leaves the room. When are they ever going to, when are they going to stop fucking leaving people in those, these rooms? On like by themselves because every single time they get out every time wasn't uh, the nurse in there this time or not I don't remember uh, no no she was gone yeah, she was yeah oh oh she was in there the first time not the second time yeah okay yep so old Spock goes to the transporter room and he orders Scotty to beam him down to the planet and Scotty refuses he's like look Kirk said nobody's going down I ain't let nobody go down 
So Spock uh, attacks Scotty and he nerve pinches the other engineer that was in there with him. And then Scotty is just like, fuck this. And he pulls a phaser and he calls Kirk. It's like Scotty is always strapped like all the time. He's fucking ready to go at the drop of a hat. Dude, Scotty had a moment here. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he did. Dude, he's just he's like, look, dude, like we're, we're not fucking doing this. Like I'm, he's fucking pulls out like dual phasers. He's just ready to go. He's got like a like an cog <laughs> on one, like a laser sight on the other one. Like he's just fucking ready to go. <laughs> you know, you know, Spock had respect also just to stand there. He did not move. Oh, because he knows Scotty will pull that trigger. He's like, look, I, I'm. <laughs> he's like, he's like I'm play. strong, and I, but I am logical, and I am not fucking with this dude. Like I've, I've seen how he is. Like we don't know what he's hopped up on. He might, he might shoot me for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, he might be. Uh, he might be doing have some of that Scotty acid again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's just over there fucking huffing those chicken breast looking things. Scotty attaches those to himself <laughs> for fun. <laughs> they start to spread in his body, and they're like, "Whoa, we are not staying in here. Like, there's too many fucking drugs in this guy's system. We need out of this." They just fall over dead. Like, uh, what happened? Oh. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they couldn't handle the drug level. It, nope. So, yeah, so it's just a few minutes later, I assume, and uh, Kirk and McCoy and a few uh, security uh, morons enter the transporter room. And Spock is like, look, my pain is gone. And Scotty says that he decided to hold Spock until Kirk gave, gave the okay to let him leave. And Spock says that uh, one of the creatures has to be captured and analyzed. And he suggests that he should be the one to go because his nervous system is already compromised. And McCoy's like, no, it's not really a good idea. But Kirk decides that it is a good idea, and he's gonna let him go down to the planet. And he asks uh, Scotty, he's like, give your 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 phaser to Spock. Which I, I, is this what you were talking about, Paul? When you're like, he's just gonna trust him like five minutes later? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm about to say something. Let him finish that up. Yeah, it's like it's been five minutes, maybe ten minutes. I mean, and he already, I trust you. You talk to him, you trust him right afterwards. So the trust is already there. So there's no reason even. Not let him go in the first place. I just, I'm not sure how we how we got here five minutes later. Yeah, but I mean the situation changed slightly. Like he did bring up a good point that they do have to capture one of these things, and he's already compromised, so it might as well be him. But yeah, at the same time, it's like again, what if it's just the creature saying this shit and it's just trying to get down to the planet to get, to, to get on the planet to get things? Yeah, you know? what if so it's trying it's like, to bring them up to the ship to capture everybody? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, one of Kirk, Kirk's weaknesses is sometimes being too trustworthy. Yeah. Especially to Spock. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Spock, if Spock ever betrayed him again, because they did betray him in the one with the uh, uh, Captain Pike one. Yeah. Like, if you ever betrayed him, like, for real, I think it's uh, it's always harder on Kirk because he trusts him so bad. So I just don't, I just don't, I, I want to see how their uh, friendship develops over the uh, seasons and episodes or whatever. About their trust and how they feel about each other, things like that. If they don't get married by the end of this uh, series, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very close. It's the brother for the brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Spock thanks Kirk for trusting him, and then he gets beamed down to the planet. And uh, Kirk and McCoy leave the transporter room. And they as they go through the the corridor, uh, McCoy argues about Kirk's decision, but Kirk says that look, they. They both know that Spock, Spock, yes, they both know that Spock is the logical man for the job, and and really McCoy can't argue with that. So we go down to the planet, and Spock is walking around, and he gets jumped by this dude wielding like some kind of pipe with like a big circle on the end of it, and uh, the guy like smacks Spock's hand, and so Spock loses his phaser, and 
And then we we go to a commercial break and we come back and the two are still just standing where they were. And so uh, Spock just ducks this. The guy swings at him with a pipe and Spock ducks it and uses the nerve pinch on the guy. So it was not really all that uh, suspenseful to begin with. Very, very, very odd place to cut, by the way. Yeah, it was really weird. Very, very odd. Like, particularly for a show that does leave you hanging with a cliffhanger. Yeah. That's not very cliffhanger Yeah, no, they come back and the guy just gets his ass kicked. <laughs> like, I, yeah. like you didn't think that, that wasn't going to happen to begin with. Yeah, so it's yeah, just very, very weird, honestly. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see Spock like, kind of like lose this shit and just like start going all Batman style on the dude's face. Oh, dude, I bet he rips limbs off. I think they missed opportunity here too for that too, where like, like the, the creature controlling Spock or whatever. Like, I wish you would have said, "I'm a Vulcan." More for, for the dumbest reason, like self reassurance that he's gonna make it, like I, you know, make it through, and like I, I can get through this pain. Because every once in a while they kind of recognize the pain, but you don't really see it. Like you don't really see how painful it really is, right? Because I feel like it's probably really, really painful, but they don't do a good job on screen. Of showing that pain he's going through, you know they, they, well, yeah. they do it very subtly. That's but. that's actually a good callback to uh, one of the earlier episodes where he was reminding himself that he was a Vulcan uh, when he was mo- when he was getting all emotional. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, an episode. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. That would have been good for him. I I I would have liked that also of him reminding himself like who he is. Like, hey, I, I'm a Vulcan. I can do this. Yeah, because I feel like. I just want, I was like, I know he's in pain when he went to get the creature, but that was kind of, that whole part wasn't even very suspenseful in itself. Like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like he was, he wasn't going to make it. I didn't feel like he was like really in pain. I felt like he kind of just, he was getting, like, almost like he was bothered a little bit and he went. And it was, it, it was really easy for him to get that creature. I thought him getting that creature should have been a lot harder. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I thought maybe more should have came at him and buzzed at him or maybe, uh, they talk to the other cre- the other uh, people on the planet, and they could like overstep him because you got to think about it. They've already they're going to establish in a second or two that they're all linked. They're all part of a link of one creature, right? Yeah. So why can't said link uh, understand what the other people are doing? So why why aren't they able to talk to each other and see what Spock is doing? Always oh, going to get one of one of us to uh, to to study because because they're saying that point. they're part of a whole organism and 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 they're communicating. That's how they they work. So I can understand why they couldn't. I don't. I'm not sure how to communicate. Why they can't communicate that one, they were in danger and that Spock was coming to get them. While Spock has one of the creatures inside of him. Because they only have 50 minutes, and the good guys need to win. <laughs> I, I know it, it is me. Me being me being deep. How I get in things, but I just thought that it was kind of. I thought they like missed a like little loopholes here and there, and the, the way they were th- making his creatures right. or whatever. Well, they they had a, like a hive mind, so that's actually a fair point. Because when yeah. they first landed on the planet, the, the four guys that were going to attack them were all on the same page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I so I thought that once Spock is infected, why can't they have all his memories and all his stuff what was in his head to be able to to be able to understand how the how the other side works or whatever? I don't know. I just eh, me being me. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, he's 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 just feeling the the effects of the the parasite, and he goes over and picks up his phaser and continues on his mission. So there was really no no reason why they even should have had him get his phaser knocked away to begin with. And uh, he goes back to where they were first attacked and finds more of the the chicken breasts there. And he shoots one of them with his phaser, and they 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 make this like ridiculous fucking sound too. Like I'm, <laughs> it's yeah. just just like a squeal. And he he grabs it with this tool. It's weird, like. 
his, clear his plastic claw. little puts plastic it in clamp, a toolbox. You know, yeah, and he, that's, with no gloves that's what on. Says in my note, Daddy, just he puts it in his toolbox that he brought. Yeah, Re- regular toolbox and a plastic clamp. Yep. Okay. Which I mean, honestly, do you need much more than a Props. toolbox? Because it has a little lock thing, I, and what's that thing going to do about it? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe uh, who knows? Can a creature breathe inside there? Right. Uh, I don't know. I just. It was just funny how it's like uh, dated. That's one of them dated references to yeah. toolbox. It's look, just, I look, it funny. it's the future. They should have something a little bit better than a toolbox. Yeah, like a Tupperware container Thank with you. a snap-on lid or something. I, I, I might have been able <laughs> to accept that if it, if it clicked closing. Yeah, that might have been Put better. it in a fucking Ziploc bag. <laughs> anything, really. <laughs> since since it's a, this is a science experiment, put it in a, a, Tupperware, a Tupperware container wouldn't uh, sound that crazy. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, after he puts it in the toolbox, we cut to a little bit later, and we're back on the Enterprise, and, and Kirk and Bones, they join Spock in a lab, and Spock tells them that the creature, this is where we find out that it's only basically a single cell and that it resembles a huge individual brain cell. And so Kirk is like, oh, that must mean that like it's just one cell of a larger creature, which is a great fucking concept. Like, that's an awesome idea. I don't think I've ever heard that anywhere else. Uh, I have, but that's more about, uh, but that's more like dated. Okay. It's more, it's more, it's more recent stuff like that. So, like, I assumed that when this kid this came out, probably was the first really cool idea like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess I took it more as like, it's not so much as a hive mind, hive mind thing, but that they're all like, if they all form together, they would just make like a big fucking brain. Like, they're not an individual thing at all. Like, it's one piece broken up into a bunch of different pieces. But yeah, I guess it could also yeah, be yeah, a yeah. hive mind thing. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because like, because right here, Spock talks about how it's still part of the whole creature despite not being physically connected to it. So like, it's not that it's all separate things that all you know communicate with each other. It's the like, it's literally a single piece of another creature. And like, if they were all to get back like together, bro- like they broken broken into a bunch of parts, yeah. spread out, and then yeah, they're like the they may come back together. They're like Power Ranger Zords, and how like they all get together as the one big <laughs> one, but then when they spread out, well, I guess it's not like that at all because they're still separate when they spread apart. So it's a very very bad example, yeah. but but anyway. Uh, so Kirk just, he's fixated on this, uh, the ship that flew into the sun and he thinks that maybe that could hold the answer to their problem. And so we cut again and a little bit later, McCoy and nurse chapel are are looking at their captive creature and Kirk walks in and McCoy says that he's tried various temperatures and radiation, uh, stuff that would turn Spock and Peter into ash, but the creature still is just not dying. And, and Kirk is very upset with these results, and he goes on this rant about how they have, like, all these different sci- science labs, and they, they need to figure this shit out. And he says that they can't let it spread beyond the colony, even if it means destroying a million people there. And then we go to another commercial break, which was, like, seriously two minutes we, from the last one. Well, you know, Kirk, yeah, Kirk but, has a fair but, point, but also, how, how long have they been working on this problem? A whole ten minutes? Like, right. give them a sec to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I I assumed it was a lot long. I assumed it was a pretty long gap because I could tell by the little the little edit. I just thought, like, but I thought that if they did a captain's log, something like that, give you time an idea for how long it's been. At the same time, I didn't even consider Kirk destroying the planet until this moment. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about. it. I was like, oh yeah, I guess technically, yeah, destroyed this whole entire planet. How to spread? Yeah. Man, but that's, that would have been hardcore if they would have just blown up the planet just, yeah, just you know, to save the whole, <laughs> the whole galaxy. That started the whole planet? Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, hey, Peter, we're going to send you back home for a minute and then just like beam him back down <laughs> the planet. Just fucking yeah. wreck it. Remember that toy you like? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I thought it was weird that they had a commercial, like two commercial breaks almost back to back. Like there was, I don't even think there was five minutes of, uh, of show between those commercial breaks. That was really weird. Very weird. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. There's a very, a very bunch of odd edits in this one. Yeah. But we come back from the commercial break with a captain's log. Kirk just uh, recapping current uh, dilemma that he has. And, And the main crew are having a meeting where they talk about basically weighing, killing the entire colony versus trying to figure this out. And Spock agrees that it is a logical conclusion to kill everybody on that planet, even though it means that he will need to be killed as well. And McCoy obviously doesn't agree with that. But Kirk is like, look, like, I don't want to do that. I want to figure this out. But you guys can't. He's like, there has to be a third option. Like, there has to be something that we can we can figure out here. Which I'm glad Kirk, I, I'm glad Kirk just didn't be like, all right, I'm going to commit mass genocide, even though Spock's on board with it. Right. Yeah. He knows it's just like this, the the very, very last option. Yeah. If Kirk didn't make a decision like that. It would be, it'd be the last ep- line of episode, literally. Yeah. He'd be like, that episode would end and there would be episode end right there. Yeah. That'd, make, that'd be impactful. Yeah. That would be a really good ending to an episode. So, um, yeah, a little bit later, Spock and McCoy enter Kirk's office and tell him that they still don't have a solution. They cannot figure out any any way to kill this thing. And Spock requests permission to beam down to the planet and to take Peter down there with him, you know, because he's like, fuck it. We might as well just go die. And Kirk den- denies his request. And so Spock's like, please let me go. I really want to die. I fucking hate it here. And uh, <laughs> he, he says he doesn't know how much like, longer. I can't take you, like, I can't take you humans anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of this shit. It's... It's the same thing every fucking week with you guys. <laughs> and uh, he says that he doesn't know how much longer he can hold out against the pain. And Kirk just denies his request again because I, I think he does secretly hate Spock and he likes seeing him in pain. And uh, <laughs> he brings up, once again, he just he's obsessed with that ship that flew into the sun. And he, he says that there, there has to be something with that. Like, there, there has to be a connection there. So Kirk just, he's like, hey, like, what properties does the sun have aside from heat? And Spock just goes lifting off, like, you know, radiation stuff and gravity stuff and all this. And and then finally Kirk is like, well, you you missed one big thing, light. Like, maybe the creature is sensitive to light. So McCoy says, well, he's like, you can't move the entire planet of Deneva closer to the sun. But Kirk and Spock think that you could bring the brightness of the sun to Deneva. And, uh, like, has, has McCoy never heard of a flashlight? Like, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah but I, I don't think a shadow light, I don't consider a flashlight bright as a sun though yeah I mean there has to be in the future oh you think it could be like a super like you turn on a flashlight and the whole planet lights up yeah you you let <laughs> like the whole block will fly could you flash that off man like, I, and there's probably like a fucking reminding me over here there's an infomercial that plays at like 11 30 p.m where you can get one of those and if you act <laughs> fast you can get like a second one for free and maybe like that's a belt holster for two, it two, two, yeah. two for the price of one yeah and if and if you pay using your visa credit card we'll give you a holster for your belt to hold your fucking sun flashlight like, and that has to be a <laughs> sun flash I, did anyone yeah. else else in their head hear billy may saying all this yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so so Spock comes up with a plan to use satellites around uh, Deneva, and McCoy details his plans to test the theory on uh, the one that the creature that they've captured, and then they just they leave to get started, which I really enjoy that they're both like, all right, I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to do, go do this, and then they just go do it. So we go to the lab, and they have the creature in this uh, chamber. They, they place it in a chamber, and Spock explains to Kirk and Bones how the whole thing's going to work. 
And uh, the three of them and Nurse Chapel, they put on some weird... They're supposed to be, like, goggles to, to save them from the light, but they're clear. <laughs> they're, not, they're not, like, tinted in any way. And uh, they, they look like uh, snowboarding glasses, actually. Yeah, it's like if you get the in goggles. your car and it's it's really, really bright, so you're like, I need to put on my sunglasses, and then you just put on regular glasses. Like, that, that's what they did. <laughs> this will do. Yeah. As the glasses wear, I would like to clarify that there are lenses that have clear... Of films on them that block light. That's true. So, so you don't need the tent, the tent part. But do they block the light of the sun being in your face, like a few feet away? Uh, they they do in the future. Okay, because, that's uh, fair. They, they'll have to do that. <laughs> that's fair. It's, it's it's future tech. Yep. Yep. We yeah. we just talked about a, a flashlight as bright as the sun. So why the fuck wouldn't there be glasses? I can't argue against yep. it. Yep. <laughs> Use my own logic against me, you bastard. Yes, spock it out. Yeah. Spock it out. <laughs> so, so yeah, they they put their masks on and then they turn on uh, this really bright light in the chamber and then they switch the light off after a few seconds. They go on, uh, they go inside and find that the creature is dead. And McCoy's fucking pumped about it, but Kirk is like, "Well, all right, how are we going to use this on people on the planet?" And uh, he wants to, he thinks they need to try it on someone that's already infected. So of course, Spock volunteers and uh, McCoy offers to rig up a pair of goggles for him. Uh, so that he doesn't go blind from the light and Spock refuses because the people on the planet don't have that option. So he wants uh, it to be the same for him right here, which makes a lot of sense, by the way. Yeah, that's it's very even, fair. Like, like logically, it makes sense. Like, I wouldn't thought about it. Until he said, I was, oh, OK, cool. Yeah. So they all agree with this and uh, Spock goes and gets to the chamber and McCoy and what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. My my issue with what they're about to do, they're not even going to give it five minutes to think about, you know, what happened when they tried it on the, you know, the, the piece of chicken looking alien? Yeah, I have a few issues with this uh, that I'll get to when my notes come up. But yes, you you're 100 percent right. correct. Like you're you're right where I am on that. So like uh, McCoy and Kirk close the door, the chamber door, and they put their goggles on. And, and McCoy notices that Kirk is pretty worried about what's about to happen. And he tries to comfort him by telling him that he's like, it's all right. Like Spock is the best first officer in the fleet. He's going to be fine. And so Kirk tells him to go ahead and proceed, and they they switch on the lights, which poor Spock in there has no clue it's about to happen. Like, they don't give him a fucking countdown, no, no warning or nothing. They just <laughs> flip on the fucking lights. Yeah, but it's also weird that why are they wearing uh, uh, glasses, and then why is the light outside, right, along with the light, light inside the damn thing? Like, why would it... Yeah, why wouldn't they cover that so none of the light gets out and you don't have to wear the glasses? Yeah, why? why would you even... It's like it got bright outside and inside. I'm a little confused there. It doesn't make any sense to me personally. It's like, um, why is the light outside uh, shining as bright as sun? We only need the light in the inside of that damn room to do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a That's good weird. question. Uh, but after a few seconds, they turn the machine off and they open the door and, and they find out that Spock is okay. And uh, he says that he's free of the creature and that he's also free of the pain and he gets up and walks out of the room and he just like bumps into this table and he's like, well, shit, I'm also free of my eyesight because I am fucking blind. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's the first thing I would have said. I was like, yo, um, right. so, um, small issue here, guys. Um, I'm feeling okay, but, uh, I can't see shit. Like, that's yeah. I said, yo, I can't see. <laughs> a little, a little blind here. <laughs> yeah. I can't see. Like what? Uh, I'm curious, but I can't say. Like, I'd, I'd have been a little more, you yeah, know. Yeah, a little more upset. I wouldn't have tried to walk out of the fucking room, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Like my eyes ain't working. Like I don't know. I just it's funny. Yeah, but he. Well, I, I figured he just got Daredevil's powers and he was able to see anyway. Oh yeah, yep. It's he's everything through like sound waves. Also, yeah. well, he's got the he's got the ears, that, you know, to make that work. That's you know, true. He echo does. location. Yeah. One thing about Spock, though, also, I, I'm being a little over about him not saying nothing, but I feel he wouldn't panic though. He would be like, okay, I'm blind now. Deal with it. Right, and and he very calmly, it, he's just like, yeah, that's a fair trade. Like creature's gone, but yep. my I can't see anything, and that's that seems fair. Yeah, like yeah, he was okay with that. Yeah, so like I was very spot to be like, oh, you know, I'm blind, but give me five minutes, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And then Dan, here's where we both had this issue is that then Nurse Chapel walks in and hands Bones the test results from their test on the creature. And uh Bones is like, Well shit, we didn't need to use the full spectrum of light. Uh, only one type of light was needed. And why wouldn't like, they wait they five wait minutes? Five minutes. Yeah. And Spock, of all people, would I, th- I feel like he would have been like, yeah, it's really logical that since we just did this test, we wait to see the results before we do a test on a person. Yeah, like it's very backwards, particularly when uh, Kurt's uh, always thinking about the person themselves first. Right. Like, why would you why would you do this to Spock without having test results to find out what you need? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all for any for not one of those so, people. So now technically, technically, you done blinded our boy for no reason. Yeah. And there's no countdown in this episode. Like, oh, hey, in 15 minutes, if we don't cure everyone, everyone's just going to die. Like, yeah. The one fucking no, yeah. time they there needed no to rush. put a time limit here, <laughs> they yep. didn't do it. Uh, I've been bitching about that the entire series. So this, so this whole season is the unnecessary <laughs> time limits. And now they have no time limit and they do everything wrong. Yep. This, and this one needs a time limit. Yeah. It's funny. So Spock explains that the uh, creatures are sensitive to light that humans can't see, much in the same way that dogs are sensitive to sounds that humans cannot hear. And uh, Kirk is like, he's really pissed off. Like, he's very mad that Spock is now blind. And uh, it, it, Did you feel like he was kind of mad at Bones, though? Yeah. I, I. That's the thing is, like, he knows, I feel like he knows it's not Bones' fault. And it, it was hard to tell if he was pissed off at Bones or just... Pissed off that they fucking blinded himself. Spock for no reason. It just yeah, like all of them. He's like, we we were dumb. Like we we did this really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but but Spock says it's all right uh, because he's like, hey, it's part partially my idea. Like I volunteered for that shit. <laughs> it's, a, it's not not Bones's fault. Well, that and I'm sure the Federation's got some good health benefit for him. So he's like, oh, I'll just be living on an easy street. Yeah, but they could probably get him new eyes in the future, right? No, that's true. I'm assuming they just I don't know, get an injection or something. I guess some kind of pill. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah. They've been all, all over the galaxies. I'm pretty sure they got something for blindness. Yeah. This guy will find a Gary Mitchell and be like, hey, cure his eyes. Yeah, give them silver eyes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so then we get a scene that's really, really out of place here uh, because it's the remastered edition and the CGI still looks fucking terrible. But I feel like it probably looks yeah, worse than yeah. it looked without the CGI where the enterprise is dropping these uh, ultraviolet satellites around the planet and they, they start to energize these, these satellites. And uh, yeah, that, that, that whole thing looked really weird. That CGI was terrible. I, I think actually, I don't think CGI looks bad. Actually, it looks it, so good. It looks bad. It looks out of place. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it looks very yeah, yeah, out, it of looks out of place. Yeah. 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 Out of place. So that's why it looks so bad. It looks so much out of, out of place. I think that, I would have kept the old one. Whatever the old one was, I bet it was better. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. It fits. Yeah, it sucks when you like, it's like 70s, 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 the green, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, 90s, 2000s, like CGI is right. better. And, then, and it's really off-putting. 
that's kind of like how random uh, how they did a uh, uh, Star Wars when uh, when Lucas did the yep. whole remastering thing and added that scenes that well, later on and they look weird because they're too far advanced with the CGI. Yeah, exactly. So it just it just it just looked looked at a place that looked, looked very very weird. Yep. But uh, yeah, they energize these satellites and uh, on the planet the creatures start dying off from the ultraviolet light and uh, fried chicken. Yep, they that's what that's my note says the chicken breasts are getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and somewhere uh some big creature is getting real fucking dumb because these are basically his brain cells that are getting fried so oh yeah that's a good point <laughs> so uh uhura reports uh the messages from the ground that confirm that their plan is working and kirk uh calls mccoy to have him tell spock that their plan is working that everything's working out fine and and then kirk tells him like he tries to console bones he's like look it's it's not your fault like it you know, these things happen, but uh, McCoy's very upset and he, he doesn't respond. So then Kirk sends him this text message. He's like, yo, bro, why are you not responding to my messages? And he doesn't respond to that either. Just leaves him on read. <laughs> Just to have, have one of those uh, very thoughtful moments for himself. Yeah. Which 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 was actually kind of nice because it showed the impact of how, how, you know, Bones took the whole thing. Oh, yeah. He's pissed at himself. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, we go through a little bit later, and Kirk is dictating a report to a yeoman as Spock and McCoy walk in. And, uh, of course, I fucking hated this so much. I hated this so much. Uh, McCoy explains that since Spock's optics aren't the same as a human, uh, the blindness was only temporary. And Spock is like, yeah, uh, due to the brightness of the Vulcan sun, uh, we've developed an inner eyelid which acts as a shield against high intensity light. And he explains this as kind of like involuntary instinctive reflex. And I'm just like, oh, a fucking course, dude. Like they, they, they could have yeah. had, they could have had an entire fucking episode about trying to do something to get Spock's sight back. But no, yeah. because they don't have to because he's fucking perfect and he's impervious to everything. <laughs> well, here, the bigger issue with that is that is when they go through the, t- when they do the test, Spock, but hey. So on my planet, Vulcan Sun, if he said that earlier, before it happened, like hey, Vulcan Sun is brighter. So there may be a chance that yeah. I may get blind I might not get blinded if yada yada yada. Like if he had mentioned it beforehand, it would it hit us a little bit different. Like, oh, okay, Vulcan's brighter, so sun, so it's not so bad. Now you mentioned it later on, it's like, oh, it's just a just a reason like it's like uh give him a sight back. Let's come up with a dumb reason. Oh, here right. you go. Yeah. Well, I kinda like the little joke he made about, you know, his inner eyelid that protects him is kind of like, you know, the human spleen. You just kind of forget about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I thought he said yeah, they, the try, they tried to cover he... it up with that comment. D- what, what's that? Uh, didn't he say it's like the appendix or some shit? Oh, appendix. My bad. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, I think it was the appendix. Yeah, but it still sounded like they had to come up with a reason. Like, oh, we better say something or it's going to look some type of way. Yeah. Last minute, like, oh, let's throw something in there. Not like... Oh, it was definitely an ass pull, but yeah. I, I guess it gives more backlore to, you know, Vulcans. Yeah, and how perfect yeah, get, they are. Yeah, I, get, I know it gives a lot yeah. of backlore. I just, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's just, it could have been better. Yep. Yeah, well, it definitely could have been better. Yeah, so uh, so Kirk notes that he's, he's talking to Spock, and he's like, yeah, somebody, you know, just regaining their sight, that would normally be an emotional experience for, for everybody, and... And he assumes that Spock basically felt nothing. And Spock is like, no, no, I had a very strong reaction because the first thing that I saw was the face of Dr. McCoy standing over me. And, Mc- <laughs> and McCoy says that uh, that it's a pity that Spock's brief blindness didn't increase his appreciation for beauty. And Kirk is like, all right, enough of this shit. Like, let's go to Starbase 10. 
And McCoy goes over and he whispers to Kirk. He's like, hey, please don't tell Spock that I said that he was the best first officer in the fleet. And uh, Spock <laughs> turns around in his chair from the other side of the room and he's like, oh, thank you. Like, it's very nice of you to say. Uh, and Kirk says that uh, Bones was con- so concerned about Spock's Vulcan eyes that he forgot about his Vulcan ears. And then they, they just go on to their next adventure. Which, which I, I actually I like, like how they wrapped this episode up. Like, like they made it happen going and luckily, but I like the I like the reference. Yeah, nice. That's real clunky. It may, I, makes you smile. I just hate that nothing there. We've hit this point now that we're what twenty nine episodes into this that uh, mm-hmm. there's there's never any stakes when it comes to Spock. Like he has some bullshit fucking anatomy thing that just saves him from everything. Like I swear to God, if he loses an arm, then he's like, we actually have the ability to regrow arms. Like I'm just gonna be done watching. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to lose his mind, huh? Yeah, I just, I'm over it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Dan, do you want to start us off with your thoughts on this one? Sure. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. My only complaint is I feel, like we talked earlier, they wasted you know Kirk's family members without it being more impactful. This is honestly about the really only bad thing I can say about the episode. I liked it. Uh, and I'm just gonna say, yeah, basically that, <laughs> exactly that. Yep, wasted his family member. Uh, no stakes for Spock because his fucking stupid perfect eyes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed the idea of it, and uh, the the creatures were really, really fucking weird looking, but didn't <laughs> look terrible. Uh, even now, there there's like a certain element of cheese to it that is like really endearing in this show. Um. If you presented those creatures now, I would be like, no, like, fuck no. But, uh, yeah, I liked it overall. And that, that's that's really it. Uh, Paul? Um. Okay, so I'm going to first say I actually love this episode a lot. Like, all my – I pick on – I'm critical of the episode because I see that the episode is good. But I know it could be, a ama- like, an amazing episode. That's why I'm critical. Sometimes I'm like that. And the waste of the family members is the one thing that really annoyed me. Because as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, man, this could be really cool. Family drama, family drama et cetera, et cetera. And, and it didn't pay off. Like, like don't don't take a family member and mention it if you don't want to pay off, make it a big thing. My highlight of the whole, whole thing, actually, is um, Leonard Nimoy's acting. Like, everything they had him do, he did. Like, even when he was, like, said, I'm a Vulcan, you can see his, his mind kind of switching to fitting out the pain, his grimaces here and there. Like they almost had it good where you really felt like he was in pain all the whole episode, but um, but they just didn't go all the way there, and I felt like they were on the cusp of having this like amazing like best actor best episode of the, of the whole show if they just could have made the small things references a little better in, in a way, and um, you know I liked it. It's good. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm a gr- gr- uh okay way to end the season. Not great, but like. I think we're spoiled nowadays because a lot of times our season-ending episodes are cliffhangers to the next season. Right. And so we're sitting there waiting for six months uh, the next year when next season comes out. So it's very interesting to watch a show that the end of the episode is just done. Like, it's very it's very interesting to see that. Yeah, like no fanfare, nothing nothing big and crazy. Like, it's just another episode. Yeah, yeah not like, oh, you know, because like if Spock, if they would end that with Spock blind... That would have been I'd fucking be like, oh, amazing. Okay. That would have been a good cliffhanger. That would have been awesome. Spock's blind at the end. And then season two, episode one, we're trying to find out how can we get Spock, uh, Spock's eyes back. Yeah. So, you know, some two-part uh, two part season two premiere, 
you know, they're going to some remote planet, going to Vulcan planet, whatever, to try to figure out how to get his eyes back. And et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's a big whole grandiose thing, but right. I think they have, but that's not really, I mean, that's not really what they did back then. So yeah, but I, I, I would have been in favor of that though. I think that would have been, a, I think it would have been fantastic. I, I do got one question though. What happened to uh, Kirk's nephew? I assume they, they cleared him. him? Uh, I, I, or not cleared him. I, I, I mean, assume they I mean, obviously they him? probably cleared him, but his mom and dad are dead. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought it up, Dan, because uh, I I forgot to write him down that about that they mention him anymore either. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's my issue with the episode. All this really cool stuff, but they really dropped the ball on some things that I feel like are important. But it's not even it's not Kirk's nephew. It's his son's. Or his brother's son, so no big deal. His brother's son, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> my brother's. The way you said that, I was shocked, bro. I can't believe you said. I was like, did he really see him? I, I went, I rewinded like twice. I mean, no, he did not see him. Who says that? Yeah, he's like, it's okay. We'll just uh, drop him off with my brother's mom, and then just call yeah. it a day. <laughs> yeah, my brother's mom. Yeah, I've never in my entire life, in life, in anywhere, heard anybody refer to their nephew as their brother's son. It's always nephew or niece or whatever. It's not. Oh, yeah, that's my sister. Like, no, no, it's, it's oh, that's my nephew. That's what you know. Makes it very, very impersonal. So, I don't know. But anyway, I liked it overall. I, I liked it. Let's clarify that. I'm just being picky. All right. Well, uh, that does it for season one. Uh, it's been a very, very long journey to get to this point. And uh, it was fun. What we're gonna do next week is we're gonna do just kind of a an end of the season. Uh, just kind of quick talk, quick episode. So we're not going to do a full episode. Uh, we're just going to talk about, you know, favorites, least favorites, uh, what we'd like to see, you know, going forward. And then we're going to talk about uh, just some stuff with the the future of the podcast going forward, like just just what we're doing there. So, um, yeah, as always, it's, uh, you know, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, Gmail at WWST gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, so we'll catch you guys on our kind of of end-of-the-season wrap-up here. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for listening, sticking with us through all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Be well. Later.